Hey y'all, and welcome back to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern Spooky, and this week, Random Esoterica. This is your Carolina girl, Heather. And this is your Florida man, Tony. We invite you to join our Facebook page and feel free to comment. We're also on Instagram, and we have a Patreon. We do. Please feel free to leave us a few stars on your podcast platform of choice. Right. So, what are we doing? This week is... I know you said random esoterica, but... Yes. This week I found three little tidbits that I thought were really cool, but kind of like the disappearances or the cryptid catalog. Mm. None of them were quite long enough for a full episode, but I thought we'd do another top three weirdness that Heather found this week while playing on the internet at work. Yay! (laughs) All of what you just said. (laughs) Right. So, shall we begin? Let's go. Diving right in. Yes. With Atlanta's House of Blood. Now, is this like <clears throat> House of Blood, like uh, they only make blood pudding there, or... <laughs> blood oranges, Klingon food, no. No, um, <laughs> Klingon food. Uh, no, it's it's an interesting kind of story that's very uh, Amityville. Okay. Now, I think I had read about this. But I had not. Ahead. I had not heard about it before. On the conveniently named Fountain Drive in Atlanta, Georgia, there sits a smallish brick house. It's cozy and unassuming, kind of a time capsule-ish little place. It's not small, but small-ish. I don't know how big it is. They mm-hmm. just said small, okay? okay? And I like it. However, in the way back years of September 1987... I can remember September of 1987. I remember 87. I don't know about specifically September, but I'm pretty sure it happened. Yeah. You know, right before October. Speaking of which, this house in September decided to deck itself for Halloween early. Woohoo! As everyone should. Absolutely. When are we going to get our year-round spirit Halloween? I don't know. We need to really drive up the demand. Yeah. I like having a nice home decor place that actually, you know, caters to my taste. Indeed. But I don't want the cheap plastic stuff. Yeah. I want nice stuff. It's like every time you, every time we like drive a, drive by um, like Halloween Express or something like that, I'm like, ooh, home decor! Basically. And I'm sure we're not the only ones. Yeah. There are plenty of those gothy weirdos like us. Indeed. So an elderly couple, Mr. and Mrs. Winston, lived there. Okay, I'm out of here. And they lived there uneventfully for 20 years. Um, at this point, Mr. Winston required care and frequent dialysis treatments. Aww. And his wife served as his nurse, which, that's fun. Yeah. Been there, done that. Not on dialysis, but Mrs. Winston had been a school teacher, and so she had a bit of a no-nonsense demeanor and, you know, practical, that kind of thing. Yeah. One evening, Minnie, that's, I love that, Minnie Winston got in the bath to relax after taking care of her husband as one does yes after a while she reluctantly pulled herself out and it was late in the evening and when she stepped upon the floor she discovered it was wet but not like she'd been splishing around in the bathtub the floor was wet and slick and sticky and a red substance was pooling up from the tiles so evidently bobby darren hadn't been there (laughs) no if anybody gets that joke, please, somebody say something. Just for Tony's ego, if nothing else. 
They both wandered around the house in some disbelief, finding this sanguine substance all over the house, dripping from walls, puddling on the floors, in all the rooms, including the crawl space. Well, and they had, from what I understand, they had even, like, checked uh, Mr. Winston because he was going through mm-hmm. uh, renal collapse. And he, like, when you go through stuff like that, you can bleed randomly. So, of course, the first thing is, oh my god, you're bleeding. Well, and so they called 911. Yeah. And the police and EMTs arrived and were perplexed. There was Man. no medical emergency, <laughs> no Man, one to you, treat. You don't, you don't need an EMT, you need a carpenter. <laughs> well, they didn't know where to start. So, as you mentioned, the couple themselves were fine, other yeah. than startled i guess well i mean it would startle you oh yeah there was no source for this invasive substance they'd locked their doors set the alarm and it hadn't gone off yep so there was no evidence of any sort of intruder at least not a corporeal one at a loss for any other action samples were taken and sent to the crime lab and and i was about to say which was determined to be human blood typo and it was typo yeah no I'd, i'd read about this one recently actually which is kind of funny. Admit it, you just read the script. And uh, just FYI, for anyone who's curious, the Winstons themselves were both type A. As you mentioned before, the blood was not from any malfunction of the dialysis yep. equipment, and it didn't match the house residents. So the authorities weren't at all sure what to do. It was a strange situation, and they couldn't figure out if there was even a crime to investigate. There was a local detective who was on the scene, <clears throat> and he explained that he'd never seen anything like it. And, I mean, who has? Well, now I'm suddenly envisioning all this stuff going on and just some random guy standing there in black and white smoking a cigarette and a trench coat and a fedora. (laughs) One detective canvassed blood banks to see if any supplies had gone missing, and they seem fine. And keep in mind, this would have been at the height of the AIDS crisis. Yeah. Blood was was guarded, at least safe blood was guarded as a precious resource. It was discussed, could this be a hoax? But why an elderly couple would coat their house in blood, I cannot imagine. Not to mention, where would they get it? And how? (laughs) There was naturally a bit of a media frenzy thereafter, and they were subject to constant phone calls and drive-by tourists, and they quickly got tired of the attention. One parapsychologist-slash-investigator attempted to... Who's standing right next to the guy who's in black and white smoking a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. He tried to get in... I mean, he didn't try to break in, but he knocked on their door repeatedly. Yeah. And they kind of got tired of him. Also, if you did that as a hoax, can you imagine the cleanup? I mean, ew. Blood stains everything, period. Yeah. The police themselves just eventually gave up and marked the case as unsolved. (laughs) Well. I mean, what else are they going to do, you know? (laughs) Well, that one's weird. We're going to check that off as eh. Right. And in later years, the Winstons insisted that the substance was rust or mud. They decided that, never mind, that it had been tested and proven to be blood. I think they were just tired of the attention, and they're like, all right, this is not what we expected. It was something else. Go away. (laughs) Willie Winston died two years after this event, but Minnie lived until 2015 and died at the age of 104. Wow. And no further weirdness has ever been addressed at, or reported at their address let me try that again addressed at their report i don't know addressed at their address right or reported at their report 
No other strange bodily substances dripping down from the fixtures. Okay, okay. Blood, one thing. Like, you, you walk into a house and the walls are bleeding. Instantly you panic. Now, let's think about the latter of human secretions. There's a lot to choose from. Yeah, and think if any other one of those were running down the wall, you'd be like, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah, I think I would still be kind of like, ew. I have questions about your stay-at-home dad time. (laughs) Okay, weird thing number two. The Iron Coffin of the Gregg County Historical Museum in Texas. This I've never heard of. I had not either, but it was just a little tidbit that popped up on my computer screen, so I'm like, I must look at this. Because, you know, random tidbits are always what we go for. Uh, it's a start. I mean, (laughs) Sometimes they lead to, well, slightly larger tidbits. Sometimes it's a full story. Yep. Sometimes it's just a tid, not a tidbit. (laughs) This is dangerously close to a tid. Yep. Officially opened in 1984 as a historical museum, the Everett Building has a rich history of its own. It was originally constructed as a Citizens National Bank in 1910, and it would be over 50 years before the building would become the Everett Building, named after Citizens National Bank President L.J. Everett. The building remains empty. He sounds empty. like he belongs in Texas. <laughs> well, the library at the college I went to was the Everett Library. Same I, person? Nah, I don't think so. Uh. It's a good name, though. But the building remained empty until it was taken over by the Gregg County Historical Foundation. Now, I have to admit, all I know is that it's in Texas yeah. or Gregg County. I don't know what town this is. I should have looked that up, but that's okay. And as it stands today, the building maintains its original beauty and serves to preserve Gregg County's history. Now, if it's anything like the towns around here, current modern buildings are very utilitarian, boring, and dull. But if you go down like the main street of downtown Columbia, a lot of those original buildings, now granted not all of them are completely original, but... You know, since we had the whole start of the Civil War here, not a lot survived. At least, at least they try to keep up with the, how do I say this, architectural aesthetic of it all. There are a lot of buildings that are older than typical. I mean, they have all these beautiful carvings and extra lacy bits and edifices mm-hmm. and things that are not useful but pretty to look at. And I really like that. Well, one of the things I loved about, like, going to... Um, St. Augustine mm-hmm. or Charleston... Uh, one of my favorite things about St. Augustine is being able to walk by and see buildings that cannonballs have hit and they just left the damage. Uh-huh. Well, our state house has that. I mean, they don't have the damage, but they have markers where the cannonballs hit. Yeah, like there's a couple of buildings in St. Augustine. You just walk by and go, hmm, a chunk of that wall is missing. Yes, because in the 1800s, a cannonball hit that building. They didn't try to patch it up or anything? No, no. So one of the exhibits in this historical museum is an iron casket. Now, I don't know why it's iron. I don't know. I mean, that sounds awfully heavy. It was discovered near downtown Longview by workers and is housed on the second floor. So I guess Longview was either the town or a nearby one. Yeah. But can you imagine carrying that thing upstairs? No, God, no. I mean, maybe there's an elevator, but then could you imagine wedging it into an elevator? That would would take like 20 people to do that. Unless they had a service elevator. But even so, I mean... That's some effort. I kind of want to see the building. Even our our Egyptian sarcophagus were wooden, and then they were put into iron casks or stone casks. Yeah. So while they were leveling the ground, they pushed this casket up, and there was a little girl in it. Whoa! And they estimate the age was about 11 or 12. 
Larry Currington uh, stated he is the on the board of the directors for the museum and a regular volunteer. Now, it, the statement is they punched a hole in it when they found it. Now, I don't know if that that's meaning the casket. I don't know how they could do that. But they said the girl was well-preserved. Yay. Currington said the story goes that the girl was on a vacation with the family back in the 1880s. And she died while on this trip. Not a great trip. No. Being the days before refrigeration, or much in the way of preservation, she was buried where they were in a donated coffin. Again, not sure why it's iron. And the girl was moved into Greenwood Cemetery, presumably in a lighter weight um, sarcophagus. Yeah. However, Mr. Currington says he's heard the pitter-patter of little feet, not rats, near where the iron casket is stored. Several other people have heard footsteps at the same time, usually near the front door. And it seems that whatever floor you're on, the little steps run around on the other. He's done that whole been upstairs, went downstairs because he heard footsteps. Once he got downstairs, now they're upstairs. You know how they do that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) The coffin has been on exhibit since 1980, and Currington says he doesn't believe in ghosts, but he doesn't exactly disbelieve either. He says he generally hears the footsteps in the evenings. He's a agnostic? I guess. He's like, I don't really subscribe to it, but yeah, I don't know what else that could be. He also says a paranormal team did once investigate the museum and said it had five hauntings, or entities, I presume. And no other information on that was forthcoming. So there was not a lot to be found on the iron coffin, but I thought it was an interesting side bit. An iron coffin, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know of any place, and maybe what I'm just misinformed. What do you think for, like, for preservation, maybe? Yeah, but... I I mean, as much as we've watched Ask a Mortician and gone into all these morbid studies, yeah. I've never really encountered iron coffins as a normal thing. You would think they would be immensely expensive. Not very practical. You know... I just don't know. I mean, I don't know if they did vaults back then, but even then... You would still use a lightweight coffin. I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> and the one thing about Santa Carla I never could stomach. Oh, no. All the damn vampires. You're so weird. That's me going, I don't get that. It's from Lost Boys. Never saw the, it. The grandpa at the end of Lost Boys. Sorry. Go ahead. Would you believe I've not seen that somehow? That's still? weird. It's a, it's a good movie. Okay. The first one. Not the other two, but the first one was great. I didn't know there were more. Yep. So, story of weird and creepy things, the third. The third. Old House Woods. Junior, junior? (laughs) The third. In Virginia. Now, by all measures, the Old House Woods is a small forest consisting of only about 50 acres of land. However small, it's definitely on the small side for a forest, but it is dense. It's 50 acres. That's still quite a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And pine trees occupy most of the space, and the ground is marshy where they don't grow. Or, yeah. Imagine how creepy it would be on the ground there. The trees crowding in, the fog slowly rising up from the marshland. The dense woods along the ocean were so thick, it's like near the coast. Coastal pine woods, I love that. So, anywhere in Florida. Got you. Okay, yeah, so, okay. (laughs) The sky couldn't even be seen through the canopy. Again, it sounds like Florida. (laughs) It sounds like a lot of coastal beaches. I mean, if you aren't around Myrtle Beach and you go to the slightly less commercialized, still plenty of coastal beach pine forests. Or out there near... Oh, Brook Green Gardens. Brook Green, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Old House Woods, and I don't know where it got its name, but I'm curious now, has been 
in residence, I guess. Yeah. It stood through both Revolutionary War and Civil Wars and acted as a sorely need refuge to weary soldiers who needed cover to rest. The dense trees probably quite literally shielded them. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't only soldiers who hid amongst the trunks. A long-standing rumor is that pirates also took cover in the woods. And it's the from these pirates and soldiers that we begin to hear the rumblings of something not quite right in the old house woods. There is a tale of the Franny Knight House okay. in the old house woods. Uh, maybe that's why the, the woods are called old house woods. I yeah. was kind of curious. The small house once sat in the middle of the dense forest, kind of like that one in my Adcock family story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Abandoned Maybe and all alone. Maybe this is the same place. I doubt it, but it would be funny. Now, check this out. The house just mysteriously caught fire one day by itself. Did it have electricity? I don't know, but the blaze was totally spontaneous, and then it put itself out. Then it caught fire again and burned down completely. Spontaneous dwelling combustion? Yeah, I guess. Now, I don't know if the house had <laughs> was wired or not. <laughs> The house tried to commit suicide. Apparently. That's a terrible way to do it, though. Yeah. Like, Mm. you know what? I'm going to burn down. Then it thought about it, and it was like, no, no, I'm I'm okay for now. Self-immolation is painful. Yeah. God, that's crazy. Now, this is going to sound almost kind of bonkers level, but um, a phenomenon reported in the old house woods is the appearance of, I kid you not, skeletons amongst the trees. Now I'm envisioning, like... The original house on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price with the skeleton coming out of, like, the... The, the badly puppeteered the, skeleton. The, the quite <laughs> obvious plastic skeleton just floating through the house. Yes, yes, which was... Or even, like, the lost skeleton of Kadabra. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Charming and terribly done, but it's okay. Now, reportedly, they wear armor and approach anyone nearby asking for directions. I am totally... Envisioning now Harryhausen type skeletons. <laughs> none shall pass. What none shall pass? Or at the other end of the scary spectrum, they run at spectators while waving old-fashioned weapons. So you know, it's kind of like the pirates in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Can you imagine that? Just like okay, so here we are at the old house, and wow, there's a skeleton wearing armor wielding a mace. Don't panic. <laughs> I'm sure this is fine. In 1926. A man named Jesse Hudgens reported that a group of strangers with lanterns approached him. As they got closer, he was able to make out that they were wearing old armor and were nothing but skeletons underneath. And one pulled out a large, ancient sword and waved it at him in a, quote, terrifying manner, causing him to flee for his life. I can't say as I blame him on that note. I mean, like, if you're out there seeing it yourself and there is no CGI, you have to wonder, what other kind of interesting special effects could this be? Or, worst of all, it's real, and what do you do? (laughs) Fight back? Okay, you would do that. Just saying. (laughs) It's a skeleton! Yeah, but it means that it has no vital organs to poke at. You can just go, plunk, got your head, what you gonna do now? (laughs) Okay, well, that's an option, I And then if you really want to mess with him, you can play a game called Hide the Foot. That's when you grab his foot and you run off with it, and he's forced to limp for the rest of his ghostly, ethereal life. You've watched Evil Dead a few times, haven't you? You can really mess with these things. Maybe, but they are still armed. They can poke at you, too. They're old, heavy swords. They weren't that quick. It's like Frankenstein. It's not like he can sneak up on you. It ain't that scary. (laughs) 
A second incident took place on the road leading through the woods. A man, unnamed, yeah. had car trouble. Yeah, unnamed, we don't know the time frame, just this is one of those stories. And then it had to be somewhere after the 20s because apparently he was having car trouble. Yes, well, that gives us a much narrower time frame. Thank you. It was the middle of the night, and as he's trying to fix whatever's wrong with it, a figure that he described to be a skeleton wearing old armor strode up to him with purpose and asked, Is this the king's highway? I've lost my ship. Again, not sure how that happened, but the man was right terrified and bravely turned and ran away. <laughs> he left his car behind. Again, I can't say as I blame him. <laughs> but naturally, there's no real documentation. Oh, yeah. In the 19th century, a fisherman named Ben Farabee, coming out of White's Creek, claimed that he saw a huge three-masted ghost galleon out on the water, which I presume is the actual ocean. Yeah. It had lit lanterns along its deck and spectral men aboard, looking off into the distance. And yet the ship was headed straight for him. He apparently tried to call out to the ship and warn, hey, you're about to run aground there, but when there should have been an impact, the ship just floated overhead and continued to hover up the beach. Farabee watched in terror as the ghost ship floated up over the trees of the forest. I am now picturing which one is it where Peter Pan's a child and Blackbeard's in it? Pan. That was awesome. The floating ships. Yeah, airships. Yeah. It stopped above the pines and he claimed to see rope ladders thrown over the side. If they're ghosts, why do they need rope ladders? I don't know. Ghost ropes. I don't know. Men with quote, tools and other contraptions, end quote, climb down to disappear into the woods below. This strange ship is not the only one to be seen, and it sometimes is seen floating at least 50 feet over the ocean's waves. I am sorry. With a am- mysterious fog that hides a ship. Oh, Let me of finish course. That. Okay. Am but- I the only person in this world to be like, I'm going to check that out? No, I'm sure not. But this guy was not one of those. Guys, there is a floating ship. Um... Where's it going? Because I'm going to go and meet this person. (laughs) As a part of her doctorate research in the 1970s into folklore and old tales from Matthews County, Rosalind Hammond ventured into a patch of forest and marshland in the Diggs area of the county known for its bizarre and mysterious legends, which is the Old House Woods. Yeah. Old House Woods is unique because it is relatively undisturbed. It's right on the water and has not been developed, Hammond said, which is... Kind of stunning. Yeah. It hasn't been contaminated. The channel has long filled in, but it's probably one of the only places in Matthews that is closest to its original form. Okay, I'm now I'm, now I, we need to find this place. <laughs> you, you just really want to see a ghost ship. I will camp out there. Have that Goonies moment of looking out and seeing the pirate ship come around. <laughs> One-Eyed Willie, don't forget me! <laughs> you would camp out there, but... Um, dense pine am i the only one of the two of us that would be like that seems as if there might be ticks or bug things or i used to go camping in a swamp for fun we've established that you're kind of a weirdo so yeah yeah okay i i I just i'd be down for it you would 
And you'd want to chat with the uh, lost skeletons looking for the King's Highway? Oh, yeah. Uh, sir, uh, we just only recently got a king, and I'm fairly sure he doesn't own a highway around here. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a little while. Probably they're interested in King Charles. Uh, well, again. Again? An earlier King Charles. Wait a minute, so it would be one of those things of, we do have a King Charles, just not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> Same family, different vintage. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, out of the three of these weird offerings, do you, which one excites you the most? I'm thinking it's the woods, the, the house. Well, the definitely woods. that. I am curious old about... house woods. That's hard to say for some woods. reason. Old house woods, yeah, yeah. I'm curious about that one. I mean, I, again, I had read and saw videos on the House of Blood. But as I, I'm curious about this ghost ship thing. Okay. I, I, I really would like to get an interview with these pirates slash men in armor thing. That would be cool. Can you imagine them just, like, sitting them down and keeping them abreast of current situations? <laughs> God, no. Well, you just missed out on the Queen. She ruled for, like, 85 years. Yeah. And now we we have a King Charles, but he's her son? It's been a while. It's It's been a long time. You guys, y'all need the internet or something. Like, <laughs> Let's introduce you to podcasts. <laughs> right? It's like storytellers, but in your pocket. <laughs> well, this is another half hour or so of your life spent yep. on creepy stuff. Indeed. You might need help if this continues, just saying. Yeah. I mean, I know we do, but we treat it by hosting a podcast. Indeed. But we'd love to find you on our Facebook page. Just look for Southern Fried Spooky. Yeah, and if we don't see you there, we will find you. You're not going to tell them about how we hide under people's beds, are you? No, no. That just makes it a little bit awkward. Yeah, yeah. That's very true. Leave us some comments or likes. Be sure to leave us a five-star review if you are so inclined. And as usual, join us next week for whatever weirdness we get up to. In the meantime, I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your Florida man, Tony. And we are Southern Southern Fraud Spooky. We sound like superheroes. I know. Until next week. Bye, Bye, y'all. All Uh, all right. Yeah? Those those pirates would really have a... If they have a (laughs) flying ship, I would befriend them and start throwing them off one by one and take the ship. That's same. That seems reasonable. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. No. That, that, that ship is mine. And then that would make our trip to Disney so much more so gas much efficient. Yeah. <laughs> so much easier.